This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 166. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, exhausted, but I'm good because I've figured out something else about myself. Ooh, you know, let's I'm 36 hear. years old and I'm still finding things out. Okay. I find myself restless at these times. Like, I, I'm always trying to, like, I feel like I'm not doing enough, right? Like, I, I'll, I'll have two posts go up a day, I'll record a podcast and something else, and I'm like, I still don't feel like I've done enough, which is insane because I have. I am very project-oriented. I always need a project on the go. And Eyes on Isles isn't necessarily a project because it's like it's an, it's a self-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. I can get the two posts out. I can get the, th- the podcast out. And, like, I'm, I'm good. I need something else to work on. But I don't want to take on too much because I always get in these moods. And then I'm like, I'm going to start a new website. And then it's like, eh, it's a way too much. You bit off way too much. So I've decided to refinish my base. I have a base Ooh. in my basement that I I started doing this years ago, like 15 years ago. I started chipping away at the paint, uh, which was a dumb idea. Now I know exactly how I'm supposed to do it. Okay. So I'm going to get that done over the next like two months. That's going to be my project. And I, and I feel good about that, knowing that I can focus my energy on something that can take you know a little bit of time here and there every night instead of like having to open up a whole new thing. And uh, that, that'd be a whole can of worms. So I, I feel good about myself learning about myself now that I'm still 36 years old. Love that for you. That's awesome. Can't wait to see the finished product. You're going to have to send out pictures so that all the listeners can see, too. It's going to make me feel like I have a gifts and grabber all over again for the base heads <laughs> out there. They know what that is. But uh, anyways, what's going on with you now that I mumbled for a couple of minutes? Um, Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Uh, work slowing down a little bit finally, a little bit earlier than I thought it would, so that's definitely a plus. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, man, I'm just enjoying it right now. So good, good for you. You deserve it. Now that it's slowed down a little bit. Yes. So uh, one thing I'm not enjoying is the lack of moves from our uh, our Islanders. <laughs> so wait, I- they did just sign AJ Greer, Matt. They signed yeah, AJ okay. Greer, so like maybe you should chill out. I probably should. Anytime <laughs> you sign a AHL RFA, you gotta drop everything and, and do it up. <laughs> that's gonna be the lead story. It's gonna be forty minutes on him. What to expect from him, and uh, that's gonna be the pod, right? Yeah, exactly. I hope you enjoy the ride. <laughs> so <laughs> the big news last week, which we were able to hit on, was the Devontae's trade. We talked about that at length and for good reason. It was a huge story. Uh, But pretty much the expectation was, okay, so you got these couple of uh, second round picks. Now you're going to assume that those picks are going to move out and and things are going to start to happen. They have not. The outside of the move right now or, you know, just before we started recording, their last move was eight days ago. So it's been pretty quiet for over a week. It's been very quiet, and I don't, I don't necessarily get it. I, and I know Lou takes his time when he needs to take it, and clearly he's doing that now. Right. But but it seemed like this is kind of this this Taze trade was. 
Alright, I have to move this chess piece, or this checkers piece, so I can enable myself to move somewhere else. Right? Like, I have to move, whatever, I'm not a good chess player. You move a piece so you can move another one almost immediately, right? Like, once I do this, it frees me up to do that. And we were like, alright, we're waiting for the shoe to drop on that, and it hasn't happened yet, which is kind of confusing, because you're going, well, did you need to move him right away? I, although... I don't remember when his arbitration date was. Um, I don't remember either. I, I don't. That's a great point. Like, did you have to pull the trigger right then and there if you weren't also going to do some other things? I don't know. I can't get in loose head. Maybe that's he felt comfortable with that kind of return for Devontae's. Um, maybe he wanted the draft assets instead of a pick and uh, excuse me, instead of a player adding more to the to the cap game uh i don't really know what the plan is i don't think anyone does it's very difficult to pin down what this guy's trying to do um but i think one thing we could say for certain is we were a little surprised that nothing's happened by the next time we were you know going to talk and record an episode that's right uh his arbitration schedule this arbitration hearing date his being devon taze was october 31st the day after josh was saying oh spooky halloween that's right right so like um, yeah, you would think that something else was going to happen, but they, they didn't have to, to trade him right then and there. And I'm not, I'm not saying that the, well, it was a failure because they didn't move Johnny Boychuk yet. They're going to move someone with these picks, either one or two of them. Um, but it's strange that it hasn't happened just yet because it seemed like one of these moves that I need to do this to do that. And that is taking one hell of a long time. And you're going... What's the holdup here? I, I don't right. understand what the holdup is because these teams that are that that could soak up a Johnny Boycha cap space, um, they're they're not really sitting and waiting for bigger things to happen, right? Like no. we're, we're talking about the Ottawa Senators and and maybe the Detroit Red Wings. Although I I don't think the Ottawa Senators are in play anymore. I I really don't. No, it's really them those two that you mentioned or the Devils. Like outside of that, you don't have too many options. Right, like the, the the Ottawa Senators have twenty million dollars in cap space right now, uh, but they still have to resign Connor Brown, who's going through arbitration tomorrow. That's okay. today, depending on when you listen to it. Uh, Chris Tierney, who I don't believe is going through arbitration. Let me just look it up right now. He is November eighth. Excuse me, uh, and and then they have still that's it. So they still have those two guys to figure out. I would be surprised if either of those two guys uh, break the bank necessarily. Uh, but that that still leaves them with a lot of room. I just don't see the Ottawa Senators being like, yeah, let me spend $5.25 million over the next year. If we know anything about Eugene Melnick, it's not that he wants to spend. This is true. This is absolutely true. He, he does not like to spend money. So uh, if he doesn't have to, he won't. So maybe that isn't the best option. Detroit can probably handle it. Jersey could probably handle it. Outside of that, there's really not too many choices, Mitchell, where you could send these guys. No, because you, you do have a lot of teams with, with quite a bit of cap space, uh, like the Kings and the Sabres still have $13 million each, uh, but, but they also have other moves to make, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Kings, maybe, that would be an interesting um, place for him, but they, they got quite a few righties with Drew Doughty, obviously one of them, Sean Walker, Curtis McDermott, and uh, Matt Roy. Uh, I would say none of those are like screaming off the page, but then nor is Johnny Boychuk, right? We're, we're 36-year-old going on 37 in January. 
not really moving the needle and with a huge cap hit. Ooh. But for a team like the Los Angeles Kings, who only have a second sorry, two second round picks next year, that might be enticing. Right, adding another second round pick and all you have to do is eat up a bit of cap space. All right. Yeah, why not? We're in one of the bigger sports markets in the in, in North America. I, I imagine they could chew that up pretty easily. Yeah, you tend to think so. And if they're trying to rebuild, then maybe yeah, they'd look to take on those picks and stuff like that. It's it's just not an easy thing when you know, trying to map out where this offseason's gonna go. And we're weeks at this point into free agency and you still have big name guys who are available this is very bizarre it's unique and we haven't seen anything like this i don't know if we're going to see anything like this again maybe next year a little bit depending on what the uh, cap situation looks like but uh, i think because of the whole covid thing we're seeing a very slow moving off season and maybe this is just the way it's going to be yeah, it might just be. It's just strange, right? Because I harp on this again. It just seemed that this was full. I, I done this. Cool. Now I'm going to go work on this. And you're going like, all right, well, how long is it going to take you yeah. to do that? Haven't you been working on that already? Right. And especially because I think it was Pagnata tweeted out like, oh, they're, they're working on something with Johnny Boychuk now. And That's you're right. like, oh, okay. So, yeah, there's obviously you need to bring in those seconds because it, it seems like it's taking second-round picks to move off cap hits. That makes sense. And then, like, the next day, I was like, all right, I'm waiting for the notification. You know, 4.30 rolls around. I'm like, perfect. The Lou's waking up from his nap around this time, getting his berries in, and then he's going to make a move right before 5 o'clock hits, as per usual. And there was nothing. Do you think it's that it's now teams are going, all right, well, you got the two, I want the two. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so either. I could not imagine them trading both picks, right? Like, that would be insane. Uh, but it's got there's got to be a hiccup somewhere where, like, no, we want more than, than what you were expecting. It has to be because otherwise you would expect a deal to be done. Because this should be enough, right? Like, a second and something else, right? If it cost a second-round pick to move $3.2 million from the New York Rangers to Detroit— in the form of uh, Mark Stahl. And my, when I mean $3.2 million, I mean actual dollars. You would think to make up that extra $2.5, or sorry, $2.3 million that uh, encompasses the rest of Johnny Boychuk's deal, what, what is that, like a fourth? Yeah, maybe like a second this year, a fourth next year, something like that. And I, I'm just spitballing with like random valuations based off dollars because I don't know what the holdup is anymore. I don't. And I'm not saying that... Lou, you got to do something. It's just confusing when you go like, all right, well, he he brought those two picks in, and, and now we haven't seen anything move. What the hell is going on? Again, this is not like, Lou, what the hell are you doing? It's just, what else do we need to do to move this cash space? It's just all teams went like, you know what? We're shutting it down for a few weeks. We're good. Is that it? Yeah, maybe there's a uh, unwritten rule going on right now, an unspoken agreement that they're taking a week off uh, from from trade talks, which like it might 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 very well be like I say might four times like I'm stuttering, but I'm just trying to think in my head because I saw just today from Cap Friendly like there's a bunch of notifications within the last couple of hours. They're minor deals, but it's clear like things are being pushed through relatively recently uh, in terms of signings from NHL teams. So maybe that's it. They took a week off to be like guys moratorium of understanding nothing gets done for a week go to your families let's get back in a week 
Maybe. I don't have any other answers. Like, there's no other explanation for, you know, why. So, I don't know. That's bad for podcasting because we usually we're supposed to say, oh, this is happening because X, Y, and Z. And we're like, eh, I don't really know. We don't really have a good answer here, Mitch. Well, this is the Lou Lamarola world. He doesn't want us to know, right? Of course. Oh, of course. 100%. And it's not like we're knocking at the door going like, hey, Lou, can you tell us? And he shoves us away. But no, that, that's what happens with most people who have that sort of insider knowledge. Uh, they, they just don't know because Lou's not saying nothing. No, absolutely. And I don't say that I necessarily blame him for for not wanting to let that stuff out. But at the same time, uh, from our perspective, it just makes things a little bit tougher. That's right. It just leads to speculation, Lou. That's all it does. Absolutely. Anything else on uh, the Devontae's trade fallout? No, I think we've already said our piece on how we felt about him being traded. So, yeah, no, I'm good. So let's move this thing along and get into arbitration. And one guy in particular filed for arbitration that really surprised me, and that was Josh Hosang. Now, that's not to say that we are an anti-Josh Hosang podcast. I would argue the exact opposite, to be honest with you, but... It makes zero sense for him to file for arbitration because, well, they put him on another team's AHL team. <laughs> Amongst other things. Um, yeah, many things. <laughs> they said, hold on, they said, do not report to camp if you're requesting a trade. Then he's like, okay, I'll come, I'll come. So then, like, what was that, a month and a half into the season? It was, yeah, it was almost two months. Almost right? two it was months like in. Middle of December. Goes to Bridgeport. Was okay in Bridgeport, but then they're like, I don't need you in Bridgeport. You're going to go to San Antonio and uh, just chill out in Texas for a little bit. I mean, I wish I got that. I wish my job was like, hey, hang out in Texas for a little bit. That would have been sick. But, um, yeah, I I don't know if I would then go, you know what? I think I'm going to take him to arbitration and try to get some more money out of him at that point. Well, that that's the whole thing. I wrote a piece about it because I'm really confused about why Josh was saying, and clearly Lou Lamorello is as well, why Josh was saying decided to go to arbitration. It just is, that doesn't make any sense. Like you go because you're unhappy with what they're offering you. Okay, well, let, let's review. What are the Islanders offering him? The qualifying offer. Which was $917,000 and, and some change. I think it's nine seventeen eight ninety three or whatever. Which is more than what he was making last year, by the way. It's a 105% increase. So he's getting a 105% increase after them telling him, sit your butt. Like, it's mandated. This is a mandated mm-hmm. increase, of course. It's not voluntary by the uh, by the Islanders. But he's getting it no matter what, or he could get it no matter what. Um, the Islanders said, like, we don't want you to report to the team for two months because you asked for a trade at the other trade deadline. That's, that's the thing. Josh was saying did not ask for a trade this year. He asked for it last year at the last trade deadline, and they couldn't get it done. Uh, and then they tried this year, and then they said, you know what, while we try to get it done, just go sit at home. Like, that's beneficial to anybody. Either way, that you said he comes by, and then they're like, you know what, now we're good, you, we couldn't move you at the trade deadline, go. Why in the hell would he get more money? Why would that be like to him going like, I could get more? In what world? Did you not just see all these steps? In what world? Like They're offering you a 105% increase because they have to, because otherwise they would not. Right, and you would think like, okay, I'll just sign the qualifying offer and you know just continue to ride this thing out. Instead, it's going to go to arbitration. Now, can the Islanders offer him less than the qualifying offer in arbitration? I don't see why not. Right, like that's the whole point. Right, like we have to argue what you're worth. Here's what you're worth. 
And and even if not, even if not, I I, I don't remember the the rule, and I, and I don't think there is one. Um, I didn't read that in the CBA necessarily. Uh, but like, what what's the point? They're not going to be like, oh, you're worth now one. The arbitrator is not going to give them one point five million dollars. It's just not going to happen. That would be insane. No, no way. Are you kidding me? The guy hasn't played in the NHL in, in like two years at this point. Like Ilya Mikhaev just signed a deal from uh, with Toronto. He was supposed to go through arbitration today, and they avoided that at the 11th hour. He wanted two point something. I think it was 2.6 or 2.7 or whatever, and the team wanted, yeah, he wanted 2.75. The team wanted one. They struck a deal in the middle at 1.65. This guy just scored 39 points in the NHL this year. Josh was saying it's 24 points in the NHL total of like, and he didn't play this year, right? Last year was yeah. his last one. Oh, that's tough. Um, what, In what world is he going to get a lot of money? And it's not like the Islanders can walk, right? Like they mm-hmm. don't, they don't, they can't do that. So they're kind of stuck too going like, okay, well, dude, I don't, what? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I just feel like it's an awkward position for both spots in a way. Because we thought going into this, like this offseason, he's not going to get a qualifying offer. They're going to have a divorce. Finally, they're going to be allowed to have one, and they're both going to split ways. But then the Islanders said, like, oh, no, we're going to give you a qualifying offer. Oh, okay, so I guess you want to keep me. All right. And then Joshua Singh's like, well, you know what? I want to stay. I'm doubling down. I'm taking you to arbitration. Do you think what? that? Do you think he was doing this? Now, this is just devil's advocate. I don't know if I'm necessarily by this, but I'm trying to think of an explanation. Do you think he's just doing it as like an F you to the Islanders? Like I want to make this as hard as you on you as possible. So you have to trade me. I, that would be the worst way to do it. That's for sure. Like they, I, they want to trade you already. <laughs> I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that at all, but I just don't like, I'm trying to think in my mind right now, as we talk through it, a, an explanation for him wanting to file for arbitration and, to force his way out is the only thing that's coming to mind. I guess, but like, I just don't see what this adds to it, right? Like you're already at the bottom of the barrel in the organization. They already tried to move you for months. And now you're like, you know what? I'm going to do it even more. Maybe I just, that seems like a really bad motive, right? Like, cause you, you could end up with not a good deal and they could lock you into a two year deal. Right, because like the because he filed for arbitration, the team gets to set the length of the deal, maximum two years. But the the team gets to say we're going to do it for two or do it for one. Yeah, that's. <laughs> if you wanted to leave, they said you to deal. You're not free for two years. Yeah, and then now the I, Lou's going to say f you back and make it a two year instead of a one year. <laughs> right. And around and around we go forever again. While this should have just ended without a qualifying offer. I, I understand Probably. maybe from Lou's perspective, you don't lose assets for nothing. I get that. But at a certain point when you have a poisonous asset, and I, I, I firmly believe that Lou believes he is a, he's a poisonous asset. Just, again, he sent him to San Antonio. Yeah. Um, why would you want to keep that around? Just Just let him go. Be like, you know what? It's not working for us. Just go. Just, just, just try to find another place, and if you succeed, great, good for you. Just let him go. I don't you get know, it. You know what this is? This is your your buddy, your friend, who's in a toxic relationship, and instead of just breaking it off, they're like, ah, no, we're gonna give another kick at the can of it, and you're just sitting there like, dude, why? No, please, it's not working. Get out while you can. Take and then your it's just CDs gonna crash and run. 
Yeah, it's going to crash and burn in a, in a, in another year or so, but you're going to, you know, kick the can down the road for a couple more months and get hurt along the way. Yeah, that that's what happens. I had a friend who did the same thing, right? They start off in a nice new relationship, Josh was saying gets drafted. And mm-hmm. then after a year, it it falls out. After 6 months it falls out and, and it just get it got progressively shorter every time. And this is what we're seeing here, like I don't, why are we doing, why are we going through these these motions again? There's no advantage here. As far as I can tell, there's no advantage from the team, aside from maybe they can lock him in for two years. They didn't want him, so why do we even want to do that? And I don't get the advantage for him. I don't think he could get more. I don't think so. Uh, and he's, I would imagine he can get less. So why the hell would you do that? Just sign the qualifying offer. And then let them trade you if that's the if that's the case. Or don't sign it and go play somewhere else. Just do that. Go to the KHL like we saw earlier. Yeah, like at that point, maybe, yeah, go to the KHL. If you dominate over there, which, I mean, that is certainly possible, then maybe some team wants to take a flyer on you and you get a real shot. But I don't see how, you know, sticking around with the Islanders and, uh, you know, filing for arbitration is going to help your chance at making the NHL. No, exactly right. So, like that's that's the whole confusing part with this. Obviously, he's not the only player going through arbitration for the New York Islanders. Ryan Pollock's going to go through it on November sixth, but I don't think they get to that. I would imagine they sign him well before that. I hope uh, so. <clears throat> like I, I don't understand what the Islanders are are really waiting for here. I, I think they know what the price is going to be for him. Just get it done. You have a ten percent increase that you can go through on, uh, during the off season, so that still gives you plenty of time to move Johnny Boychuk. The season might not start till February first, so you still have all of November, December, and January. That's another three months to try to move Johnny Boychuk after signing what we expect to be Barzal and Pollock to pretty good deals. Yeah, you'd assume so, and like obviously we we want these things to get done, but I I, I say or you say rather that something should get done before the arbitration hearing. And while I agree with that, I, I don't know. I don't know because we're sitting here eight days after the Devontae's trade when, okay, the next domino is supposed to fall after that and nothing happens. So we're kind of back to where we started on this episode where, sure, in theory, yeah, something should happen before November 6th. But am I betting on that? I don't know, man. I don't know because Lou has time and time again just – chilled out and waited yeah but then again like of the four players that should have already had arbitration hearings all four of them have signed uh, and that's not including uh, alexander georgiev who signed already even though his arbitration hearing was scheduled for october 31st i don't imagine it gets there and if it does that means that the, the negotiations were indeed contentious and this wasn't just the player trying to figure something out right no, giving but- themselves an avenue to at least get a deal done sooner rather than later Exactly. So we'll see what happens there. But just wanted to talk about that a little bit because that's uh, a little bizarre. No, indeed. Oh, it's very bizarre. It, it, I still don't get it. I, I wanted to reach out to his agent and be like, can you explain that to me? Why are you doing this? But then I was like, why would he tell me that? Why, why would he say yeah, that? He's, the, he's not going to tell me say. nothing. Yeah, he's not going to say. Uh, I do like the journalistic integrity from you, Mitch, but uh, I don't think you're going to get anything from him. No, no, I, I, I won't. I'll try once it's done to be like, so did you get what you wanted or not? Because I don't get yeah. it. What was the point of that? Please <laughs> yeah. explain. Detail point form, please. I don't care. Oh, boy. Mitch, let's talk about the hubs. So there's a rumor that there could potentially be four hubs, you know, for the, each division. What are your thoughts on that? How does that impact the Islanders? Let's get into it. 
Um, so I don't know if they're hubs, right? I keep calling them hubs as well, but I think they're they're actually going to be divisions. I guess like they're breaking the NHL up into four separate sections. I don't know if that means there's going to be the one hub city for all of them where they all come in and play for a little bit. They all leave and they come back. Um, that maybe sounds like the most sustainable one COVID wise. Agree. Um, but so they split it up into, as far as I've seen, Northern, Western, Southern and um, and Eastern, I guess, which is essentially just a rejig metropolitan division. Um, Northern is all the Canadian teams. Uh, then you have the Western teams. That is everything, uh, essentially Pacific minus the Canadian teams, including Minnesota, Dallas, and Colorado, which are okay. uh, Central Division teams. Southern is essentially everyone not in the Metro. So you got your Columbus, Detroit, St. Louis, Nashville, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida. The Metro, what would be then the new Metro, which I guess was the Eastern, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Washington, Philly, New Jersey, Rangers, Islanders. Boston. I pause on that last one because that's no good for us. Interesting. So yeah. what, what I did then is I compiled their record, the Islanders record, against those six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams over the last two years. So since Barry Trotz. And, and most of them are pretty good. Most of them are winning except for Boston. Uh, the Islanders have picked up three of a possible 12 points <laughs> against the Boston Bruins. And the Rangers, where they picked up seven from a possible sixteen. Yeah, the um, the Bruins one is not good. We don't want to play the Bruins. No, but it looks like we're going to have to, right? Because they're they're Atlantic, but most of the Atlantic division is Canadian, and they're not they're not going to be playing with American teams. It seems. No, um, which is that's going to be that's going to be interesting. You think that lasts for the entirety of the season, or you think that's just like to get? the schedule going at first i would think you stick with what you've got i i don't imagine they then change it midway um, of course this is also subject to change right this is only in existence because the the border along canada and the u.s is closed uh for like inter-border travel so th- that won't be able to happen um I, at least until it's closed at least until january 1st depending on what happens in both countries uh, both of us aren't very aren't doing very well COVID wise. Uh, Ottawa, sorry, Ottawa, Ontario, and Quebec aren't doing very well. BC spiking right now. Uh, it seems like it's coming back down at least here in Ottawa, uh, but we'll see about everywhere else. Uh, and then obviously the states is not doing very well either. So the, the, there's issues there for sure. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely issues going on. Um, and here, yeah, it's not it's not great. So. Um, while maybe that isn't ideal in terms of like the quality of what we're, we're playing or what we're used to, I guess. But if that's what it has to be, then I guess so be it. Yeah. And like, so we lose Columbus and Carolina. That's good. Like Carolina, peace out. I, I'm not going to shed a tear for that because we don't play very Agreed. well against you most of the time. But Agreed. then you bring in Boston. <laughs> we play, we were worse against. Worse. Uh, and Buffalo, I, I don't know what to think there. Yes, we're four one and zero against Buffalo in the last two years, but adding Taylor Hall really does change things. And Rasmus Dahlin is only in year three now, uh, and he's getting better. So that that's a team that could be sneaky good. Yeah, um, I think that they are at least attempting to turn the corner. If it doesn't work. Who knows? But they should be better, at least on paper, than what they were this past year. Right, exactly. They they still don't have good goal goaltending, and like their 
defense all around isn't great. Like, sure, they have uh, the two Rasmuses, uh, but outside of that, like, there isn't a whole lot there. Right. So No, exactly. I, I still fancy our chances to be a, a pretty competitive team in, in this whatever division they're going to call it, if it does stay. Um, but we did take one good team out and added a really good team in. So, <laughs> great. Yeah, it, exactly. It's kind of... Uh... Which which way would you rather go? And it's would you rather get beat up by Carolina or would you rather get beat up by Boston? And for whatever reason, the Islanders just have really struggled mightily against Boston. I don't think that there is a, a team that I would uh, rather not play more than the... That's a lot of words to describe. <laughs> not wanting to play the Boston Bruins. I, I knew exactly where you were going with that. I'm just laughing at the face you gave yourself when you're like, that's not what I wanted to There's say. There's just so many words coming out at one time. Too many adjectives. Don't want to play Boston. That's the point that I wanted to get. You're right. That. One, three, and two over the last two years against Boston. That's not good. And, nope. and they're like the only team that hit 100 points this regular season. Uh, they may not have been getting or they may not have gotten better on paper. Because they didn't land no. Taylor Hall and they did lose Tory Krug, uh, but I, I wouldn't sleep on Boston. That's for sure. No, absolutely not. They're a team that you know should absolutely be back in the mix here. So uh, they're a cup contender and they have the Islanders' number. So recipe for disaster. Could be, could be. Maybe the Islanders are now the cup contender and they have Boston's number. Maybe it's Tory Krug's so. number. They just show them that and they go like, ah! I hope so, man. That would be awesome. I'm in on that. That would be good. Um, that's 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 it, man. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts on these like hub setup things? Whatever is the safest way to get this done, I'm in favor of. Same. Let's just let's just get some hockey uh, and and get it done safely. Absolutely. Want to get into the quiz? Yes. We are episode 166 of the Eyes on Isles podcast, and like we do every week, I have a quiz for you, Matt, and I'm going to get you to guess a player uh, with five clues getting progressively easier to reveal who that player is and the theme is this player has x number of something and i went with goals they have 66 goals for the islanders okay are you ready yeah let's do it clue number one i'm 5'11, 182 pound french canadian anthony bovillier yes yes oh let's go <laughs> let's go oh no Wow, I thought I'd give you the height, and I didn't think that French Canadian would give it away right away. Wow. <laughs> oh, let's go. I think that's the first one that we ever got on the first shot. Yes, usually I do birth date, but I was like, I can't do that. He's going to get it right away. Wow, I shouldn't have done French Canadian, clearly. Okay. That, that did it. Here are the other ones. My brother yeah, was drafted it. by the Florida Panthers in 2012. Was number okay. two. Uh, three, he never played in the NHL, by the way. Three, I have a burger named after me, my favorite fry stand, the Tito Burger. Four, I tried to find my soulmate in a very social setting. <laughs> These are good clues. Hi. Uh, and then five, I just love to have fun. Those are, if I, honestly, if I didn't guess Beauvillier there, I don't know if I would have gotten it based on those other clues. I'm sure you would have had it at four at the very latest. The very latest. Okay. But no, you did it in one like a goddamn goat. Absolutely love it. That's Good a pat on the back for me. Good job you, man. <laughs> Let's get into the social segment. What's going on around Isles Twitter? Mitch, what do you got for us this week? Uh, I have this one here. It's a jersey. So we have the uh, the retro whatever you want to call it. Re reverse, reverse retros. Yeah. 
Um, this one here is from Luke Design 91, and I effing love it. It's a take on the fisherman jersey, so a lot of you have already vomited. Just, Ooh, you know, put that I, to the side. Um, I just pulled it up. Yeah, so it's the fisherman. Uh, it doesn't have the net, and it's just him, uh, orange face, white coat, and it's got the, the, the wave instead of written islanders there, and it is crisp. Uh, maybe something on the shoulder, like maybe the, the anchor on the shoulder, because it looks a little oh, bland cool. up top. Um, but other than that, it is tight. I love it. That's a good one. I'm a fan of it. Um, I really like the more modern take on the fisherman. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm in. So if you want to go look, this is actually, I took it from Instagram. So it's Lux Design, L-U-C-S-D-E-I, or sorry, D-E-S-I-G-N-91. Perfect. Uh, my first one comes from Alex Nunn on Twitter. He has video and uh, it's of Oliver Wallstrom unfortunately getting hurt today and leaving. So not on a, on a good note, but it's still something I think worthwhile to talk about. Uh, Want to keep him healthy over there in Sweden? He was playing good. He had four points in six games. I know you uh, talked with his coach too. You want to share anything on that? Yeah, coach said he's not playing. He, he can do better defensively and I hope that people don't take that as like oh my god he's not going to make the NHL no 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 like or or make the, the team this year he's yeah. probably never going to be a great defense uh, defensive player that's True. just not his thing Mike Bossy wasn't a very good defensive player I'm not saying they're the same type of guy but like there are guys out there who just aren't good defensively uh can he be better defensively yes and he's clearly working on it um, so I, I'm not too worried about Oliver Wallstrom. He's doing what he needs to do out there. Uh, and in terms of the injury, I spoke to Ufe. So Ufe Bowden is the one who tweeted that out uh, in English anyways, because the, the, the team tweeted it out uh, originally. Uh, right. I spoke to him and he said Wallstrom, when he was leaving the arena, didn't look too hurt or didn't look too sore is what he said. So he's he's probably fine. Okay. Another great invest investigative journalism report from Mitch. Just just doing what I can, uh, trying to do some some extra journalism. Uh, Calvin Hahn won't be happy, but like whatever. <laughs> that's okay. Love that. <laughs> that's a long that's a long one, but yeah. So yeah, Oliver Wilson seems to be okay. Uh, haven't heard from the team itself, but someone who was at the arena uh, said he didn't look too sore. So I think he'll be fine. Awesome. What else we got? Uh, I was going to bring up that one as well, but instead I'm going to bring up this this last one here. This one comes from uh, Harry F., who says, Isle's situation is weird. Clearly the results have been solid lately, a huge change, but they have nearly nothing in the farm system and still have an awful cap situation even after trading a top four D-man for meh picks. I know we can't criticize Lou. That's not necessarily true, but I get what he's saying. But I can see a cliff. I I don't. It, this is a very not. This is a very not dramatic way of saying like, there's there's a wall coming, and if we don't change some things, we're gonna hit that wall, and we don't want to do that. Yeah, I I kind of see that. I think it's a little critical, but I I see the point that he's trying to make. Yeah, and like there's a way you can say like Lou, I don't like what we're doing here because it seems that we're very invested in today, and we are not invested in tomorrow at all. Uh, which isn't wrong, right? Like you look at any uh, profile of the Islanders system and it, it routinely ranks in the middle and near the, you know, the bottom half of the middle, right? Like 16 at best. Um, 
that that's a problem. And most of those guys we project to make the NHL this year, like Sorokin, Wallstrom, yep. Dobson. So after them, yeesh, right? But we do have Holmstrom. And I know a lot of people don't care for him, or maybe not care for him is the, right, is the wrong word. I think a lot of people underappreciate him. Like he's okay. 19. He just turned 19 years old. And he went from Sweden, where he was playing his entire life, and moved all the way to North America and started playing for Bridgeport. Yes, he didn't like light the league on fire. He had to learn a new system. Like Oliver Wallstrom's coach right now is still saying like he needs to adapt to the bigger ice. No, no, Hakan. I'm sorry. I do not want Wallstrom to then be like, I have to learn the big game now. And then come back here and be like, oh, I have to learn the small game now. No, 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 no. Just do what works. <laughs> Just do what works. Right. Adapt to one system. But that's what Walls, or Holmstrom has had to do. He's had to come over here, learn a whole new way of playing-ish, right? And not only that, l- adapt a whole new culture alone as an 18-year-old. That's a lot. Yeah, that's insane. And so, like, that's let's true. just chill on him. He, again, he just turned 19 in May. He's not going to turn 20 until next May. That's another seven months from now. That's a good sign. So like, that's true. let's chill out on Holmstrom. I think he's going to be good. Is he going to be great? No, but like he wasn't necessarily drafted from a great position either, right? Like this wasn't a fifth overall pick we're talking about. And even then we have one on the team who's not necessarily doing very well. This is true. Absolutely. So I, I think that's fair. I, I, I'm not, I'm not hating on our, on our system. It's not great for sure. And Harry brings up a good point. Um, but that, that really just means that the honors are in a pickle when it comes to moving cap like Johnny Boychuk. They can't afford to move that first overall pick, or sorry, first round pick in 2021. They cannot afford to do that. So they got to do something here. I, I, and it's, I don't know what it's going to be. Absolutely. My last one comes from Brendan Burke, and uh, he's talking about Doc Emmerich retiring. So legendary broadcaster Doc Emmerich retired. And Brendan says, the top moment of my career at the time was Bailey's overtime game-winning goal in 2016 2016 home opener, his third ever, he says, my third Isles game. It was a great goal, and I felt good about the call in my first big moment. And the best part of the night was getting an email from Doc as soon as I got off the air. Doc Emmerich emailed him while like obviously watching the game and he goes you sound terrific look forward to seeing you on campus doc that is so cool i love that that's really awesome like that just shows the person that doc emmerich is and obviously that's going to mean a lot to brendan and he's still like held on to that screenshot four years later like hats off to doc man he's going to be missed and think about that it's two sentences you sounded great can't wait to see you on campus that's all he said he didn't write a novel. He just said two lines. It's because he took the time, right, yeah. to validate someone's uh, presence and be like, I heard you. Boom. That's all he needed to do. That's what uh, most of us need to do. Validate the people around you because you, you recognize their nothing. Just do you recognize their greatness or you just recognize them? Just, hey, I hope you have a good day. Boom, that changes everything. It changes it's nothing. Mm-hmm. But, like, it changes everything. And not a lot of people do that. Because not a lot of people have that self-awareness. I sure as hell don't. But Doc Emmerich sure as hell does. And it, it sure as heck shows that this guy's a stand-up human being. 
Right. And like like you said, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, it's, it's two sentences, but he took the time out of his day to, you know, reach out to essentially a rookie broadcaster. Yes, he worked at other places, but uh, we're talking about, you know, one of the big four sports at that at that point. Um, you know, that's a big step in his career. And three games into that career, Doc Emmerich, one of the at this point, probably the, the most legendary broadcaster right now in the hockey industry mm-hmm. reaches out to him and says you're doing a good job like that's unbelievable yeah that that's a huge honor right like something that you clearly don't forget because brandon burke did not forget right so yeah i'm right. just trying to remember that game was that the it was the anaheim game i remember yes. that goal that was that was the between the legs wasn't it i believe so yeah that was a really sweet goal that was a oh man such a good goal my goodness that was what a what a thing to witness um my god but yeah like good good job doc uh, obviously good job brendan keep it up and please uh I, I maybe not please i would imagine that nbc comes calling pretty soon yeah i think so too he's an extremely talented broadcaster and uh the Islanders are definitely lucky to have him right now that's right sure. so yeah good job by him so Absolutely. So let's get some plugs in here before we go. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe. Give a rating and review. That really helps us out. We appreciate all the love and support. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can also visit the website or download the app, the Eyes on Isles app, eyesonisles.com. And last but not least, check out Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. You get a ton of bonus content over there, post-game shows, deep dives on topics, live streams, Q&As, a mailbag session, a newscast. You get a whole lot of stuff over there. Plus, it's a really nice group of Islanders fans over there. So if you're into the community vibes, great place to be, right, Mitch? Join up today. It's a, it's a fun time. Over 100 patrons constantly talking all their stuff. We're going to do the mailbag right now. There's like a bunch of questions here, just like random Islander stuff and non-Islander stuff to talk about. Um, I I can't wait. It's my favorite podcast to do is is the mailbag one. Absolutely. So with that, that's going to do it for episode 166. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.